and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. I'm here with Nancy, my guest, Nancy Wetworth, who is not only a caregiver, but she is the author of the book, Don't Stop the Music, Finding the Joy in Caregiving. So welcome, Nancy. Hi, Cam. How you doing today? I am great. It's spring-like outside here in St. Louis. Flowers are starting to come up, so this is a wonderful thing. It's fabulous. I'm happy to be here today. Good. Today, we're going to talk about the things caregivers need to know to be effective. My first question to you is, most importantly, what must a caregiver know about their person that they're taking care of? I personally feel that the most important thing for any caregiver to to pay attention to about their survivor or the person that they're taking care of is what makes them happy. If you know that, you can tailor everything else that you do in your role as caregiver to bring the highest quality of life to your survivor. When... John's stroke happened to him and to me because it doesn't just happen to the person, it happens to the whole family. My first intention was to provide quality of life again for both of us. And my goal was to first give him quality of life. And then after I had him settled in and happy, then it was my turn to develop quality of life for me again too. Oh, that's tough because... We talked about in an earlier episode about taking care of yourself. And sometimes I think it takes a while for the caregiver to understand that also, that they need to learn to take care of themselves. But their first priority is always the survivor. That's exactly what happens. The caregiver puts the survivor's needs in front of theirs and it it needs to be a two-way street. Because the caregiver cannot be a good caregiver unless they think of their own quality of life. A caregiver also needs to know about himself, herself, to be even effective. There are ways that caregivers can assess and look at their own personal skills and say, this is my strong skill. For example, one of my skills that I look at for myself is that I'm able to research well. So as a caregiver, I look at that skill and I say, all right, researching is easy for me. How can I take that skill into my role of caregiver to become a better caregiver? So I look at that skill and I go, yes, I can research hospitals. I can research methodologies of care. And that's using my personal skill. So each caregiver needs to sit down with an assessment tool and look at themselves and say, these are my skills and how do I use that to make myself a better caregiver? And we can talk more about that assessment tool on another episode. Great. What personal strengths are the most valuable for caregivers? I would say their ability to assess what needs to be done and prioritize so that they do the most important things first, but that they always keep in mind that one of the most important things on that list is taking care of themselves. So it's the ability 
to do things in an order that makes sense without getting frustrated because there are so many things on their list of things that they must do every day. This is one we, we did hit on on a previous episode, but why does the caregiver need to know the value of respite? Respite is taking time off to do things for yourself because one must find peace within oneself before one can do anything well in this world. Feeling peaceful is a positive emotion. And when you have positive emotions and you live with positive emotions, you're not draining yourself by living in negative energy. And so the more you take care of yourself, the more energy you have. And I know we discussed one of the biggest factors affecting caregivers is fatigue. Well, learning to stay positive removes a huge amount of the fatigue that is self-imposed by living in negative energy. If you're not positive, if you have anger, and the more that you go towards the positive and let go of all of that, it frees you and it just makes you less tired or it just brings another more positive energy. I agree. Yeah, that's the most important thing is trying to stay positive. Another um, negative energy emotion that I think a lot of caregivers feel is resentment. They resent that they have to do these tasks over and over each day. And that's another negative reaction. And so getting over that resentment is challenging for a caregiver because they have to simply let it go. Learning to let go is a great personal tool for caregivers. And the way one does that, I've found, is that just simply being aware that one can let go of resentment or that anger is the turning point or the tipping point for being able to let it go. Yes. It's it's awareness that you're living in that emotion. Right. I read, and before my own stroke, that you can choose to do certain things. So you can choose to wake up and be happy, or you can choose to wake up and be angry. If you choose to wake up and be happy, you have more energy. Whereas if you choose to the anger, your whole day is going to be filled with anger. And I know that's not an easy thing to come to, though. Well, I'm so glad that you brought up this, the aspect that we, we get to choose how we feel each day. And we really do. It's a choice to look at what's going on and say, that type of energy or that emotion is not serving me. So I choose to let it go. Actually, in my book, that's the entire foreword of the book as I talk about an important thing for people who are involved in caregiving and stroke survival is ACT, action, choice, and taking responsibility for what you do. And those three things are critical in making your role as a caregiver easier, lighter, and more joyful. And taking by taking action, I mean that you don't just say, this needs to be done, you actually get up and do it. And choosing the C in ACT is choice. We know that we can, we now know that we can choose to be happy and we can choose to take action. And the third one is um, taking action, adding with that, being grateful, the gratitude. The little formula that I have. So uh, where can a caregiver go to get help with these personal skills? There's a lot of different ways you can do it. 
Um, a lot of churches will offer assistance in this type of learning. You can go to a counselor and they can help you with this type of learning. There's a new field on the horizon. Well, it's been here for maybe 20 years now, but that's really getting attention and they're called life coaches. And they're people that you can hire and you can meet with them once a week or however you want to meet with them. And they will give you a series of things to accomplish that week and they will help you learn these tasks. I personally learned a lot of these skills by going to a series of personal growth seminars called the Insight Seminars, and they're available all over the world. And it's a corporation that goes out and teaches people these types of skills. They're amazing. So there's four different places right there where you can go and find these types of skills. Yeah, I'd never heard of uh, your last choice uh, before. Um, So that's really great. I... uh, I was going to say even uh, a caregiver support group because then you get um, how other people got to their place, their place of happy or their place of being able to accept the choices that they make, things like that. I mean, it's not as focused or uh, the information may not be as scientific or, or whatever, but sometimes I think you can also gain some insight from those also. I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I'm hoping that in the future, there will be more caregiver support groups because right now, most of the support groups are for the survivors. And there's very little assistance there for caregivers. And this is one of the things that we're working on in stroke focus is to think in terms of changing the methodology of support groups so that they include support for the caregivers. Because I agree with you, that's a very important method of getting um, help for the caregiver if they don't have these other tools available. Right. As far as the the support groups go, you are correct about mostly they work with the survivor. I'm fortunate in that uh, the one that I the ones that I do facilitate, I include the caregivers. But unfortunately, there's not enough caregivers to make our own separate group for them. Um, so it's it's both uh, in the same group. Um, which sometimes they can't get their frustrations out like they would want to in that situation. Have you tried having them meet in separate rooms so that the caregivers have a place to vent without their survivors hearing them? I did think about that, but again, my support group with the caregivers, there's usually only one or two caregivers that show up where I have about 10 uh, regular survivors that do come in. So it, if I have more than one caregiver, that would be a good thing for them to do. But being that, you know, that doesn't always happen. Uh, I, I don't feel like we can do that yet at this point. I'm going to do a little bit of shameless self-promotion here and say that anytime you want, we can come in. I'll be happy to come in and, and meet with your caregivers via Zoom. It's, it's easy to put this software up on, on a computer and I'll work with your caregivers whenever you want. Oh, cool. Well, we will work on that then because maybe I can get a group together and tell them it's specifically for them and we can see what we can do. Sounds great. I recently did just that in a little caregiver support workshop in Texas and we had a great time. I spent about 10 minutes talking about 
five ways they could make their lives easier as a caregiver. And then we had a respite party. And we got out. <laughs> yeah, we had a party. And I just took their mind off everything by letting them play Mm-hmm. for the last half hour of the meeting and they were giggling and laughing and having a wonderful time and it brought me so much joy just to see how relaxed and how comfortable how quickly they got relaxed and comfortable and had fun well nancy that's about all the time we have for now so i want to thank you nancy again who is a caregiver and author of don't stop the music we enjoy talking to you each time you come on and I learn new things every time uh, we talk. Have a great rest of your day. You too. It's a joy working with you every time, Cam. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.